This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. It's time to cast off on a new adventure. This is Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood. Hello and welcome to Real Adventures. Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Habgood joining you this morning to talk all things fishing, boating and the great outdoors. Good morning, Redmond. Good morning, Patrick. And it's uh, we had a beautiful week this week, some light winds, the sun was out and uh, we got a little bit of rain coming, which is a bit scary. But before you ask me on the fishing Mate, the, side of things. Yeah, it's a good week. Well, I tell you what, it wasn't a terrific weekend because half the country <laughs> has been flooded. Well, yeah, cool. news. I've got family up in Shep. I text my auntie, how are you going? And she took me outside, like FaceTime, et cetera. Uh, the chickens had become um, sort of like swan-like because their <laughs> coop and everything that they, they, you know, their pen was totally underwater. And then uh, I had a couple of other FaceTimes of the main street, the girls just taking the kayak down there. It was unbelievable. Well, I was trying to bring it to a positive with the sun that we had, but yeah, let's talk about the floods. <laughs> they were I fished out of the Barn River during the week, and I'm pretty sure I've seen a Murray cod. <laughs> <laughs> like the water's that brown and disgusting. It's like oh, some of the rain that we've had. And yeah. we are thinking of everyone up in the the rural areas affected yeah. by the floods, but we yeah. will try and take it a bit lighter today because it's been tough enough as it is, Redmond. So we're going to focus on. Um, you know, the light side of things, quite clearly fishing will be affected. Um, The speed humps are are not a bad spot to start in sort of the main streets around Shep because it gives you a bit of structure, Aaron. Yep. Uh, You know, those potholes, (laughs) you you can work from there. Well, (laughs) well, I seen during the week that uh, on social media that I'm pretty sure heading into Seymour or Shepparton, the same – there was 13 or 14 cars – hit the same pothole, and they're all parked on the side of the road in a line to change tyres. Exactly. <laughs> it just, Unbelievable. It sort of reminded me of a fish. Like when you catch a snapper, then his mate gets hooked and his mate gets hooked. Like at what point do they go, let's maybe dodge that pothole? Dodge that hook. <laughs> dodge that hook, dodge the pothole. So, ask, ask me what I did this week. I'm pretty happy with my work this week. Go on. No, we'll get to you in a no, second. No, not the fishing, not the fishing side. It's been even better. Guess what I did? This whole show isn't about you, Aaron. It's no, this is good. I, it's, it's productive. It's, it's about the things productive. that I like to talk about. So if you are in <laughs> inland Victoria, it's probably not this week to go fishing. Wait for those waters to settle down because yeah. it's, it's incredibly murky at the moment. But all right, I'll, I'll, I'll allow um, it. You I know, just, go, the reason I want, to, I want to talk the talk here, Pat, because on the show the last few weeks, or over the, I mentioned loading up on baits and getting ready for the season ahead. You did. Cost, cost effective, the quality's there, and you're not wasting stuff. Now, what I did was ordered bulk amount of pilchards. I ordered 50 kilo of pilchards. Where do you keep them? Freezer. Big one. 
How big's Jim? Yeah, you I've know got, how much Jim. I've got three your, deep freezers. Your freezer is to run. It's costing you more to run per week than Patrick, it, just... it doesn't cost me anything. I don't look at the bills. Kari does. <laughs> I don't know what it costs. But it's uh, – I've, so what I've done was – you know that cost-effective point? It's probably actually cost me more just to keep them frozen. But <laughs> what I did was got all those pillies, and they're all frozen up into yep. uh, resealable bags, one kilo lots of pillies. So this where I go snapper fishing, and now these won't be wasted on burley on for whiting and whatnot. This is my season ahead of snapper. I do a lot of fishing, obviously, and 50 kilos will get me through. Whatever's left over will probably end up going into the burley during the season for the whiting and whatnot. But I'm not going to be taking out like, you know, those two kilo blocks you buy from the servo. You're yeah. not taking them out. And they you know they go all soft and everything like that. They're not IQF. You waste half of them. Yeah, exactly. So that's what I did. I actually had a very productive week bagged up um, 50 kilos of pilchards. I reckon it was about 475,000 pilchards that got bagged. But it's looking good for the season. I got some good squid from the last few weeks, which we'll talk about a bit later on. But that's all in the bait freezer. Everything's looking very positive for the season ahead. Now, uh, this weekend, of course, is the 60th Melbourne Boat Show. Mm-hmm. Uh, it runs from Friday till Saturday, uh, which uh, is fantastic. Friday to Sunday. To Sunday. Till Sunday, you sorry. The, but not just Friday. You can even add Thursday in there too, Pat. <laughs> Dude, how well am I going? It, and it's even in front of me. October 20 to the 23rd. <laughs> so uh, Saturday, Sunday is... Uh, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. Sunday is 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. So can, uh, can I just read something out to you? Now, I'm a little bit worried. I won't lie to you. Now, I've, we spoke about this a little while ago regarding living in Melbourne, okay? Thursday, 20 degrees, 1 to 5 mil. Friday, 23 degrees, 5 to 10 mil. Saturday, 10 to 20 mil, 21 degrees. Sunday, 20 to 40 mil, 20 <laughs> degrees. I won't lie to you. I'm a little bit worried for the boat show between you and I and everyone else that's listening. It'll be fine. It promises to be a <laughs> great day. You and I are there uh, this afternoon. Uh, what is it? Saturday. Saturday afternoon. Uh, once again, it is a free event, but book your tickets because if you scan your tickets at the show, uh, you could be the lucky visitor that gets in the draw for a $200,000 boat show voucher. We're up to yep. two hundred thousand dollars um, to go home with a brand new boat. So there's so many reasons to head to the boat show. We haven't had it for for three years now, Redmond. Uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about if you are going to the boat show in search of a new boat. It's a great place to start, mm. but also um, the fact that this year's show is on water, you actually get yeah. the ability to stand on the boat on the water and feel what it's like. Uh, underfoot, which is very different to what it's like on the trailer, um, and you can compare models with models with um, with other brands, which is you know this is really the only place that you have the ability to do this. I was speaking to a gentleman at the rant the other day, and he said to me, "Just a Queenscliff," and he came up and asked about my boat and he had a look at it, and he goes, "Oh, it's a big boat out of water." He goes, "This, this, and that," and then. It was, I want nothing against the branded boat. I won't even mention the branded boat. It doesn't matter. But he said to me, he goes, I bought this. And he goes, me and the missus, and we got it. He goes, we're going to get the size up, but it just looks so big on the trailer. But then with the kids in it on the weekend, he goes, we've got no space to move. 
he goes, it, we don't, it was, it was a 5.2 meter boat that he had. And he yes. goes, I wish we had got a six meter. He goes, I wish he goes, but when we bought it, he goes, we didn't take it for a chest run or anything. We just saw it at the, at the, at the shop. We bought it and did, only got a visual of it on the trailer. And it was pretty intimidating. Like the way he looked at it, but when they actually got it on the water, he didn't actually get that feel of the boat for when you're actually going to be, I guess you, you're going to be using the boat only on the water. And when you can't test that without actually, I guess, seeing the boat on the water in itself. And that's where this boat show is going to come into effect. So I don't know all the brands are going to be on the water. I don't, I don't know. We, we won't know till we actually get there, Pat, but there's going to be a lot of them by the sounds of it. I know Jake's got a tail boats there. I know Merrill Marine Center got North Bank there and a few others. So, that's just and there'll the obviously be Tellwater, Quintrex, Stasar. Yeah, there we all, you know, there's all, heaps. Yeah, yeah but I, I think some of them are going to be on the dry stack too. So you're going to get that actual, not in the dry stack, on the dry land, I should say. Yeah. And they're going to be up there. So you're going to get that visual aspect of it out of the water. But I think it's, it's when you're towing a boat, I don't think it changes on how big the boat is from towing your boat to my boat. I don't feel any difference other than the fact that yours is 4,000 million kilo. But yeah, and, and and I think probably to add to that, if you are looking at a, you know, say it's a five meter boat, but all that's on the water is six meters. Well, you can go on, you can see the size of the boat on trailer. All right, yep. this is the five meter boat on trailer. This is a six meter boat in the water, um, and and at least you can compare. They mightn't be size for size, but you can confi- uh, you compare the the Get a rough feel. gauge. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like we would always, you and I always recommend getting on the boat and actually exploring it and yep. you know, anything above five metres that you're looking at purchasing, you've got to go for a ride on it. You've got to actually feel it underway. Um, you're going to spend good money on it, so you, you've got to spend some time on it. If you're looking at a tinny, it's it's far less important, I think. Like, you know, Stace, whether it be Stace or Quintrex, Staby, Stessel, there's so many CJ, there's so many great brands out there. And, and by and large – the vast majority of them, if we're talking from, you know, 12 to 16 foot, they're pretty similar, aren't they? Yeah, they are. They are sort of, like you said before, they are sort of what they are. It sounds dumb, but, like, you can look at the tinny and they're not intimidating to look at. And if we're talking about – Get the feel of the space of it. Where those bigger boats on trailer, they are scary, Pat. To look no, at, that's, that's why nice. I think if you're going to purchase a boat that's above five, yeah, meters, yeah, I agree, yeah. 100%. But if, you, if you're going under five, then you can buy it at the boat show. There's going to be some yep. great specials. You can buy, you know, the the your Quintrex runabout or your Stacer runabout with a windscreen and whatever else. They're going to be the same. So you know, from model so to model. So to say to you, to say to you, just to give you an example, dumb it down. What are you going to look at the boat show? So if I say to you, right, I want you to buy a uh, a center console around that sort of 14 to 16 foot. And the reason I'm saying this is because I know that you want to upgrade your Stabie at the moment to a future potentially Stabie, could be a Stacer, but you're looking for a new tinny. What are you yep. initially going there to look at? Because you're going to look, what are you going to look at? Are you going to start with the hull? Are you going to start with electronics? Are you going to start with engines, what trailers? Where are you going to start? Yeah, most of it's it's weight for me because I'm launching off the beach. So I don't want to go too big. So it comes uh, down to pra- basically being practical for what you're going to be using the boat for. Exactly. So how much can you fit into a 4.7-meter boat, essentially? Yeah. And I think it's pr- like at the 4.7 range, it is very, very difficult to beat the the Stabie, so the 1550, which is a bit over 15 foot, but it's a good example. But the problem yeah. with those now is they're every bit of 60 plus. They're, they're so expensive. Yeah. So you can get into a, 
into something far cheaper in that sort of mid-30 range, depending on, you know, what uh, bells and whistles we go with it. But I like the fact that my stabie's got a 75, like that little bit of extra horsepower, yep. especially when I'm pushing in and, in and outside of the waves. But, uh, you know, by and large, I reckon stabie's probably – it sits – you know, above the others around, you know, that 4.7 metre range. I don't think there's too many boats that are as good as the 1550 pound for pound. Yeah. Obviously, the bigger your boat you get, then, you know, they start to up it. But what we're going to see at the boat show is you'll be able to walk through a Stacer. You'll be able to walk through a Stavey, a Quintrex, a Stessel, and you can pick different parts that you like, whether it's the, the, the stern and how you enter the boat if you're launching off the beach uh, whether it's the rocket launcher set up on a Stavey that you don't get on any of the other uh, manufacturers that aren't, um, you know, third-party attachments. That's what I like about the Stavey. So um, that's what I'll be looking for. And, and you know, we're going to get the North Bank stand and we're happy to have um, any and all sorts of conversations around boats and what we like. Yeah, you can – you can drag us, either one of us, drag us over to a boat. Like, we're, we're, we love our boat and we'll tell you why we like our boats, but – We've got a very good understanding on the aspect of me in the ocean doing these things, and Pat's obviously loves his beach stuff. Yeah, and I, I think for that buying his tires up too much, but you've spent so much time on boats throughout your your fishing yeah. journey, having having guided. So you know you, you know what it's like to fish out of a Yelta craft that's you know thirty years old, you know versus a Haynes Hunter versus a North Bank, and and all these different boats and what works well how you want to set it up for fishing because what the boat show does give you is some really good buys that you can get, whether that's snapper rack setups or, or whatever it might be, electronics, you can get some great buys. Um, and, and this is where the competition is there because Simrad's there and so's Garmin, you know, and, and so's Furuno. So you can you can play them off against each other. So it's great for the consumer, I feel. So, um, you know, that's that's what I use the boat show for. That's what I'll be using it for. And and obviously my 750 is there for anyone that wants to come and take a look. But um, you did no. have a good week before we, well, we – I need we – no, 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 no. I need to ask you something. Fire away. What, I got a little phone call during the week and uh, you've done yourself a little bit of mischief. You were going to sneak out in the boat. Oh, yes. Now, take, us, take us through uh, oh, what we always talk about regularly on this show like we, we we give good tips we try and keep things simple effective real basic at times <laughs> starting with steering we like to do <laughs> take us take us through your little incident uh, week, patrick this is uh yeah. once the ages real setup this isn't it real I, setup. absolutely fantastic because usually it's me well <laughs> i i got the stavey out for a bit of a clean up and i thought you know we'll take that dad and i will take it out it needs a service so i booked it in with uh with Andrew from Melbourne Marine, uh, and, and when I added the little caveat at the end, he, I think he sort of rolled his eyes and said, oh, typical. The caveat was I was, you know, brought the boat out. It's got rod steering. It's not hydraulic. And, oh, this is a bit stiff here, Redmond. Very stiff. <laughs> oh, I'll just wax some, wax some CRC, <laughs> CRC around, the, <laughs> around the engine and the uh, C-Star steering. That, that'll be fine. Give it a bit of a thing back up to the um the helm. Give it a bit of a yank with the steering wheel. Give it a bit of a yank with the steering wheel. Not moving much. All right, I'll just give it. One, I'll give it one last little, a little bit of extra shushka. Yeah, no good, mate. No good. Um, probably broke the steering. I think. Um, <laughs> 
I tell you, if you have, and this shows you how much I haven't used the boat over the well, past little while. In all honesty, and be honest here, when was the last time you turned that steering wheel on that boat? Eight months. <laughs> so, so I um, uh, I'm going to be at the I'm going to be at the boat show looking for some sea star steering. How uh, many times do I say on the show? All right, oh, this is happening now. Just if you walk past the boat, if you're in the shed, just keep turning. If you got cat, just turn the steering wheel. How many times do we say it on here? It's it's do as I say, not as I in, do. In the, in the past, I'd say you're too busy trying to win flags and not win them. So I'll let you off this year because you were busy. You won the flags. So I'll give you a little oh, bit of thank credit. You. <laughs> we're gonna massive show of real adventures uh, coming your way. The Melbourne Boat Show is on this week, and Aaron and I will be there. So come and say good day. We'll be at the North Boat uh, North Bank uh, boating stand. But this is real adventures. You're listening to Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood. Welcome back to Real Adventures for the next-gen Ford Ranger. Everything you need for work and play. It is time for the whip around to find out what's biting right around the country. And we'll start off, Redmond, in New South Wales. We'll get to Victoria at the end because we're going to go a little bit more in-depth uh, around you know what you've fished for this week we're starting to see those big snapper coming through which is fantastic and there's nothing that sort of gets people's imagination uh running more than those port phillip Bay snapper for victorians but new south wales um out of sydney at the moment let's talk through it yeah ballenby is holding plenty of snapper like you said before well you lost me there i don't know winning a quaddy gets a heart racing pretty quick too pat i don't know about the snapper on squealing but those some horses coming out of ballenby pat the massive snapper right up to five kilo being caught which is always great to see as a spring carnival season starts cracking kings are also getting caught right around the sydney harbour right now uh fish over a meter like none of those small stuff it's actually really? some really big fish around the harbour live uh live squid live mackerel and those bigger fish are working really good few people getting them on jigs not a lot of depth there but surface is hard because they're just not holding up on top the small ones are but those bigger ones are down deep live baiting so if you are going to live bait them it's the same technique you'll use so you're sort of two knots um, yeah Weight them down, and, and there's also them. also the anchoring method, anchor and burly with a balloon. Well, I don't know if I'm allowed to say balloon anymore with a live bait out the back of the boat. So a vegan balloon, a vegan balloon, a good balloon. So use an eco environmental thing. Put it out and put a squid on the bottom of it with a slimy, and uh, hope a king comes along with a bit of burly in the water. That's another really good method to catch kingfish. Uh, let's head to Queensland now. I've got a few mates that have uh, they've been doing a bit of reconnaissance for us out of the Noosa River. Um, I, I think they may have crashed one of the barges that one of the boys uh, rented. Now, I, I certainly wouldn't uh, rent a barge to any sort of Geelong footballer, but there's a few. Can we, can we get a name here because this is very good? No, I, I, I can't dob him in because, you know, that's the last thing that Tom Hawkins needs. Um, <laughs> He caught a few brim. <laughs> no, but there's actually some decent reports around some really good size flathead being caught throughout the Noosa River. Uh, once again, be careful around the heads if you uh, around the the river mouth if you're going to look to go through that. Yeah, and the whiting were going red hot there too this week. But heading to one of our old stomping grounds, Pat Hingenbrook Island, this week is more exciting than Noosa because all the redfish are being caught. I'm not naming them because there's just 55,000 of them. Coral trout, red emperor, they're just literally 
going red hot on the reefs out there, but also some really good barrier getting caught too in close as well, which is really exciting off the of getting off uh, the drains as they run off the water runs off. I say, speaking of coral trout, our uh, good mate Dennis Daly from Fish and Mission has reported some great captures of coral trout as well. So if you're around Mission Beach, um, that's a place to to certainly spend some time in and no one does it better than Dennis Daly. Uh, let's head across to the West Redmond. Yeah, Jazz Charters, I speak about him regularly on the show and I don't, I don't know this bloke, never seen him in my life, but he catches fish. That's all I've got to say. And he just <laughs> catches fish. He just – and that's all Two you can fish ask for. Two fish and big Jewish. Don't even, I don't even know who's a decent bloke. I might even send him a message and get him on the show, you know, what, next week. Pat, let's – in the next couple of weeks because the Jewfish and the snapper that he's been catching is as good as it gets. He's boat fools of filling all his clients are having great days out, week in, week out. So well done to Jazz Charters because, yeah, the fishing's red hot. Have you – did you capture the um, – there was a shark attack in Western Australia last week. Isn't that a weekly thing? <laughs> well, we joke, but it, bloody hell, it's dangerous. <laughs> uh, a, a guy was diving um, and had his young fella in the boat, yet was, you know, managed, luckily, uh, to survive, but nearly lost his his left arm. What like, Do they know what shark it was? Uh, they said it was a bull shark from memory. Um, so almost lost his arm. His son was in the boat. And this was actually the – he was selling his boat. So Robbie Peck's the, the name of the, the man. Um, and he's a member of Port Hedland's fishing, spear fishing club. So he's out in the water and all of a sudden, whooshka, yeah. this bull shark's come up and attacked him. His son's in the boat. So when he got on board, he was talking about how – you know, she's just been attacked by a shark, but how yeah. it was really important to be calm around his son. Like, bloody unbelievable story. So he gets in the boat, been attacked by a shark. I think his father-in-law was in the boat as well. Um, and then he's been calm and there's blood everywhere. And this was actually yeah. their last trip on the boat before they sold it. Yeah, well, typically the, they sold the, it pretty quick after. <laughs> the, the luck's run out. Uh, Shark Bay, before we just finish off on Western Australia and you get to SA, Shark Bay have had uh, Mulloway action um, and some great fish. Over the metre mark caught off the beach frame, which is just, you know, that's the magic metre. We often talk about the, you know, the the pinnacle of, of beach fishing. Well, any sort of fishing really. If you get a fish over a metre in length, that's what you're after. Yeah, it is. And going back to the shark side of things, now with the amount of tuna that are coming around the country at the moment, the amount of dif- the amount of difference. And I say country, and I mean to say country. The difference in what we're seeing in the water regarding sharks, great whites, but not only that, killer whales are following these tuna. Like we're seeing killer whales, like from Malacoota right through our Victorian waters into New- into uh, South Australia, right up the east coast. Like it's actually phenomenal. And there's only one thing that's changed significantly. And it's the tuna stocks, and there's so many tuna, it so unbe- it's a little bit scary. Well, it was unbelievable to see a, a pot of orcas attacking a dolphin last week. It was incredible to see oh, this yeah, vision. And this is going back to what I was going to say. Go off the shark attack. I just got permission to drive. Believe it or not, I just got permission to be able to dive again from the hospital. I asked them the other day, and there wasn't even a question asked. And I was sort of hoping they said no, because. The amount of shark activity now, I've never, I've on this show religiously said, no, don't never cross my mind. But yep. the amount of tuna that are in close to where I'm diving now, that 15, 20 meters, it's not out in 50 meters, like out way out the back of you. 
the amount of tuna, like barrels all caught were in 15 metres of water this year, all winter. Then you've got then you've got all these school fish just sunning themselves in 15, 20 metres of water off the back of Bowen Heads, all my local waters that I dive. There's going to be more and more shark activity. And in the back of your head, it's actually a little bit scary, scary now, Pat. So a bit off topic, but it's the numbers are just it's, – it's great for the tuna stocks and everything. The shark is making a great return, but it is scary as a diver. South Australia, St Kilda again, the hot spot for King George whiting and flounder being caught. Uh, the Ardross and Jetty, there's been bag limits of squid coming in and also plenty of blue swimmer crabs uh, heading across the Tasman. Lake Crescent is producing huge rainbows and browns at the moment on plastics and Tassie Devils, as we pretty much repeat every single week, have been really successful. Uh, the Tamar, the salmon are as good as it gets. Um, and they're pretty much eating everything at the moment, which is sort of not unusual given the fact that you could pretty much hook up a spoon and you'd be able to bring in an Australian salmon. <laughs> but one thing we were keen to uh, to get to before we head to the whip around Redmond was Victoria. Uh, we're starting to see these big snapper come through and, and fish really well through Port Phillip. Um, still spasmodic, not, not super consistent captures at the moment, but you've had some really good success this week uh, through Port Phillip and obviously Gwaine uh, with Western Port. Yeah, the snapper in Western Port's definitely a bit ahead throughout the bay, but Clifton Springs, that cryo bay region, is really starting to fire up. Water temps come up. I'm still doing most of my damage offshore. That's my just the offshore. It's just all my fish during the week were pretty much in the ocean. I I just won't waste my time in the bay yet, Pat. It's just sort of not worth it. Like it's I fish to catch fish, so I'm not sort of one to go out there and chuck baits in and hope. So if you are going to fish off. Sure for snapper. What are the things that you're targeting? Yeah. Like, are we working tides? Well, obviously, we're close to reef, but not on reef because we don't want to capture too many, what you call them pickers, but, you know, parrotfish and the like. How are we setting up for them? Yeah, I find on that reef, just that structure, and then just getting off it, like, between 20 and 80 metres. And if I'm sitting 30, 20 metres and the pickers are bad, I'll try and sound up another patch of fish and sit on them a bit further away. So it depends on the day. Uh once again, using your heart of your bait, so your salmon and your squid, not using pillies and all that sort of sort of stuff out there because the cooter stocks in the ocean right now, I can't explain to you how many barracuda are out there. I have not <laughs> seen the amount of cooter like this for – it's everywhere. I, I mean, you hold a metal jig just in the rod or over the edge of the water, just above the water, five inches. They're just jumping consistently out of the water trying to get your jig. Like they're that thick. They are absolutely everywhere. So – Trying to work through them is hard, running the floating baits. So running those bigger sinkers to get through them at the moment, Pat. So running threes to four ounces to get to the bottom because those sinking baits, when you're in, say, you're in 30 metres of water and it sinks down, you've got to get to the bottom, it's so hard with the cooter. They're just you, – you literally watch your bait just go across the surface with a cooter got in its mouth and it's around your anchor. So there's just so many of them. But it fishing well, the squid were fantastic for me. The whiting were fantastic during the week. It's a very, very, very exciting time of the year, like like we always talk about. But I don't know that sun's just out now and feels really good to be fishing again in some bit of warmth. Uh, take us through the tuna. Are you getting these reports? What yeah, are you hearing? You spoke went, about. Sorry, they went very, very quiet. And this week and in, end of last week into this week, there's massive numbers of barrels out there again. Whether they went away or no one was targeting, but I know people that have five or six fish in one day, like landing them, releasing them, tagging them. Like, that's a lot of fish. And I know the day that I was out doing the snapper, another mate hooked three out there by 10 a.m. So it, the barrels are turned back up, and they're from Western Port right through to my sort of area. And I'm tipping they're off Polo Bay, Portland. They could be anywhere. You just got to put in the kilometres, find that life that we always look for, and away you go.
That was the whip around it. Now it's for this. Now it's time for the social club, the next gen Ford Ranger. Everything you need for work and play. And if you want to generate and get involved in the conversation, then make sure uh, you send us a direct message to our socials. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, we'll start off with Charlie. Live baiting for snapper, Aaron. Do you do it? Yeah, it works really, really well. You just got to – I find the bigger the baits, the harder it is for the snapper to eat. So if I can get small yakkers or small slimies, it works really, really good on the day. Really, really good. But I, I like to run them on a sinker but with a long, long leader so they can swim free. So you might have a two-meter leader and it's like a dropper sinker. If you run it just as like a normal live bait and you're in 18 meters of water, the chance of it swimming to the bottom where the snapper are going to be is very, very restricting at times. It doesn't happen. So using a sinker and getting it down is definitely the method that I choose to run through. This, this ties in well to uh, to Graham Peter's next question. G'day, boys. I love the show. Uh, will bigger baits get rid of the parrot fish? I'm having really big issues when I fish near or on a reef uh, with the reef fish just destroying my baits. Big baits, big fish, and it works well. It does. Yep. It, it, bigger baits, chunkier baits. So chunk baits will always get through the pickers better than opening flesh up. I, I really I really enjoy using big baits, especially for gummies and whatnot. Snapper, smaller mouth, a bit harder to do, but gummies and whatnot, it works extremely good, really, really so good. So if we're, we're talking chunk baits, let's go with yep. a, uh, a a can of Coke, for example. Yep. How, how big? Half the size, a quarter of the size yeah, of probably a, a quarter, can? probably a quarter of a can Coke width and then say the same same – like length, exactly, yep. whichever way yep. you want to refer to it as. So, so a couple, couple of inches around, really. Yeah, literally, yeah. Just not – it can be smaller, it can be larger. It depends what size of the fish. If you get a yakka, you're not going to have that depth of the fish to work with. Where you get a salmon, you're going to have that bigger depth with off size of the round of the belly of the fish. So, But it they're not fussy. They're not fussy at all. But the more skin you leave on the outside rather than opening the fish up, the better it is to get through the pickers because the pickers come in and nail that flesh very, very quickly. We love that question, Graham. Great work. Uh, Charlie, uh, for big tuna at the moment, Aaron, what skirts are working the best? Out the front of the heads here, those barrels, six to eight-inch lures are working really good. They're getting them on tens as well. But if I was to average it out, the eight-inch are definitely catching small, uh, better, more fish, I think because they're on pillies. The pillies are around that six to eight inches, and they're working much better, those small, small lures, than those 10-inch ones. I was in at uh, Trolley's Tackle World in Geelong during the week, and the the range they've got is huge. Uh, in terms of tying and setting up your skirts, if you use if you're starting out for the first time, are you doing it yourself, or are you better off going in there, purchasing something from the boys, and getting them to help you rig it up? Yeah, that's a really good question. Uh, for me. As in me, it's a no-brainer. I'm I'm having a crack at rigging everything myself, even if I don't know how to do it in the fishing yeah. world. I'm always going to have a crack at it. But as an average punter, it's <laughs> you'd be spewing on yourself if they did it for you and it come undone. Yeah, you'd be like, why didn't I do it myself? But and you'll want to kill them. But if you do it and it comes undone, you've got no one to blame. So I'd get them to do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I, I don't know. It's a, I, I can't honestly. I can't answer the question. If you've got the capabilities and the tools to do it, it's not hard to do. It really, really isn't. But I'd be having a crack at it yourself. The next question's from me to finish us off. Why on earth, even with the permission of doctors, would you seriously consider going back to diving now that your heart is half functioning? 
It's or at least you're feeling better. I just can't wait to get back in the water. It's my favourite thing to do. Do you know what the doctor's words were? I said to him, I was with my partner, Kari. i got a witness here, signed witness. And she <laughs> said to me, I said to the doctor, I said, look, season's coming up, crazy season. I really want to get in the water for diving. And he goes, yeah, go for it. That's what his words were. I said, I'm all right to go. And he goes, yeah. I said, oh, I'm a little bit worried about the pacemaker in my chest. Will it blow up? And he goes, nah, the only way that thing will blow up is if you get cremated. They hate it when we don't take it out of dead bodies and it blows up in the machine. I'm just going, well, I'm not up to that stage yet, am I? <laughs> so that was the answer I got. So uh, there was no hesitation and I'm going to have, uh, what is it, Cray season's about oh, just under a month away and I'll uh, make sure I've got plenty of info in the show in the next few weeks so you guys can get out there and uh, – Watch me drown and catch a rock, catch a rock lobster when my heart stops. <laughs> that, that's actually perfect. While we're on this, I wouldn't mind something in the sort of five to six kilo range. And and I obviously, thought gonna, I thought you were going to say you are going to supply me with a defib or something. But no, I can get you. A no. cray. That's, I'll supply you with a cray this. So last year was a bit restricted because I couldn't exactly walk twenty meters. But I'm back. <laughs> I'm back, Patrick. I'll grab you a cray this summer. Put your orders in. <laughs> that is the social club for the next-gen Ford Ranger. Everything you need for work and play. And joining the conversation, uh, send us a direct message on any of our Real Adventures socials on Facebook, on Instagram, uh, and we'll do our very best to answer it during the show. You're listening to Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood. Welcome back to Real Adventures. It's now time for All Aboard for Dometic's new drinkware. Brand new colours now available. And, of course, we're going to keep it on the Melbourne Boat Show topic because today is the Melbourne Boat Show and we're talking to none other than the owner of Melbourne Marines, Andrew Stevens. Morning, mate. Good morning, mate. How you doing? Yeah, I mean, not too bad. Now, I know you get upset when we don't say your last name properly. Did I get it right that time? Oh, near enough, mate. Near enough. Should be right. <laughs> I, thought I, I thought I'd give a little bit of a tease there. Now, mate, you're currently down at the Melbourne Boat Show. You've just set everything up. Now, before we get into what you have on offer, take us through the headache of actually getting set up properly for this Melbourne Boat Show. What's actually involved in this? Because I know how stressful these boat owners. Oh, look, it, it, there's a fair bit involved with it um, logistic-wise, I guess, getting the boats from the dealership down to the docklands and, and on display and, and you know, displaying them properly so they look um, as best as possible for people to walk by and, and stop and check them out. But, you know, when you've got multiple dealers trying to arrive into one location, you know, in a certain time frame and get set up, it does get a little bit chaotic at times. But to be honest, this year was quite good. So, you know, the, the traffic management and so forth was really, really well managed and handled quite well. And it was a smooth process for us. So really, really happy with how things how things worked out. Well, that's good to hear because I've actually done a few boat shows in the past of uh, taking boats in and whatnot for a few people. And I have been in that line that you just mentioned for uh, not hours, but hours, hours on end. It's been, it's been horrific in the past. It can be, yeah. Like I said, mate, when they have multiple people arriving in one location with boats and, you know, then obviously you take into consideration at the length of the vehicle plus the length of the boat, they occupy a fair amount of space. And yeah. trying to turn a boat around into tight corners isn't the easiest thing to do at times. Like I said, you're at the Melbourne Boat Show right now and you have got the Melbourne Marine Centre stand, uh, obviously displaying the boats that I, I love to use, I choose to use, and that's that North Bank brand and teamed up with Mercury for me and also uh, that's what you deal at your dealership. But you've also got other brands. We talk a lot about North Bank and it is a great boat and, and we love it, but you do have other options there. Take us through the other options that uh, people can come down and actually see on your stand right now at the Melbourne Marine Stand at the Boat Show. Yeah, that's right. Obviously, you know, the North Bank's one of our favourites as well. But, um, you know, in addition to that, we've got Stacer. 
here. Um, for anything from like, a, I guess, a five metre cutting cabin through to the seven metre Ocean Ranger that they do on a plate alloy. Yeah. Uh, side console, um, Stacer Outlaw. There's the Wild Riders, which are a good crossover boat for the family that want to go out and have a, a good day out in the water and then, you know, convert to the to fishing boat for dad that just wants to drift along and, you know, catch a flathead or something along those lines. Um, and then we've got a, a little pro line as well that's been fully kitted out with a heap of Garmin product um, and heavily modified as well. So um, we also have some ski boats from Skicraft and XFI on display. Now, the boat show is a place to go. We'll, we'll, go, we'll take it back a little bit. The boat show for you is about selling boats, making money. That's what our Marine Centre is. your job. It's what you do, selling boats. Now, you're down there to sell boats. But as someone that's coming to the show, as someone that is there to sell boats, why do you recommend the boat show a place to go? Like, why do you have – why do you actually take the boats to the boat show? You've got a beautiful shop uh, down in Dandenong there. You've got everything there. But what, what is the attraction that will bring people to the boat show – to come to Melbourne Marine Centre, purchase a boat tour or any other dealership, what do you advise them to do? Well, I think the the benefit to the customer when it comes to the boat show is it's all in one spot. Yeah. Uh, you know, instead of having to go from dealership to dealership to go and view the boats, they can come into the show um, and see, you know, some of the different models. If they're narrowing it down to two or three different boats, hopefully they're, they're here and, you know, they can have a look at them. Not every dealer has attended the show this year, unfortunately, but there's still a massive range of product here on display. And, look, I'm sure, you know, someone will find something that they fall in love with and hope to take it away in time for Christmas. Now, it's uh, as I'm talking to you right now, it's very sunny. It's beautiful outside. It's looking like it's going to be an absolute cracker a day. But there is a little bit of weather predicted, which is a little bit scary. I think we've got roughly 40 mil rain tomorrow, which is just a little bit. We take an umbrella or two. But you've got to on experience. Now, what this means is when you purchase a product, the way I look at it is, for example, Pat 750. I know that's in the water. I look at that off the trailer. It's a massive boat water i look at it as if it's like a big boat it's a good boat now what do you recommend i'm down to do do you reckon they should be jumping on the boats that are on the water to get that feel that i just spoke about how do you describe it absolutely like the you may as well make the opportunity you know to take advantage of the opportunity sorry um whilst the the boats are on the water and on display because you can get a sense of the stability you know while whilst the boats up alongside the dock um obviously it's a little bit tricky to get out and go for a demo because everywhere around here is five knots and it's about a 30 minute drive at five knots to get out into Port Phillip Bay. So uh, from that aspect of it, it's probably a little bit complicated, but, you know, to get a, a feel for the boat, you know, how it sits at rest is, um, you know, it's a good opportunity to do it here at the show. It's how many boats you got on the water there, if you don't mind me asking? Oh, we've just got Pat 750 down here on the water, but I don't know, there must be probably 50 boats, I reckon, down on the water, something like that. So there is a few. So if you're coming down, you can actually spend the day getting on there, actually feeling, jumping from side to side, getting that stability look of it. And also, I think of the biggest aspects, the size thing. Like we, Pat and I spoke about it earlier in the show. Seeing a boat on water, can be, uh, off the water in a trailer, can be so intimidating for some people, can't it? Oh, absolutely. When they walk into a showroom and, you know, they walk past a boat and they, geez, that's big. Or, they, you know, yeah. sitting up on a trailer, it definitely gives you a big a, a different sense, I guess, of the size of the, the overall boat. But, yeah, when they're on the water, they do look a little bit different, especially when they're around a range of other boats too. 
Melbourne Boat Show is on. Melbourne Marine Centre is in Docklands right now. They've got everything set up. Andrew mentioned all his boats from Stather to North, Stacer to North Bank to plenty more. So make sure you get down there. Thanks, Andrew, for joining us on Real Adventures this morning. And I will see you very shortly. And uh, you might even suck me into taking a few people out in Pat's boat if, you, if they're lucky. No worries, mate. Easy done. We'll see you soon. It's time for Red's review. And Redmond, I know you love your GoPros. Mm, you have more... You have more than just about anyone uh, that I've ever spent time with. And you obviously use it a lot for work. And they're the go-tos when it comes to capturing our fishing, I think it's safe to say, isn't it? They're they're just a product I think you just need to have. I I, I love – you'll notice one thing I do with all my socials and everything I do, it's uh, I I love getting on camera and phone because you can always go back and watch – the memories of it and gopros are set up their voice activated they do all the hard work for you and they capture that moment that landing that barrel bluefin when it hits the deck you're like oh, i wish i could go back and watch that and you can i think it's an item that you need to have on the boat for work side of things for me i think i've got i think i've got five or six of them now and i think between salt guide we've probably got about 20 because they're just so good we've got underwater ones we've got everything i wouldn't even know what card fits where anymore but they're just such a good product and where the technology is coming now and you've got a bit of information about it the gopro 11s they're the way you can set them up to work on everything whether it's your boat you can put on your car when you if you want to do some youtube clips you can capture traveling to towns you can do so much stuff with them now they're beyond a joke and the thing that I like the most is you can edit it literally on your phone when you're coming back from a trip. You can put it together so quickly and it comes up absolutely terrific. And the question is always uh, asked, if you didn't capture it and take a photo, did you actually capture exactly. it? Exactly. 100%. <laughs> 100%. That's, that's how we go. So the Hero 11, why do you buy it? Well, uh, it, it's got something called 10-bit color. Now in English, go English. Now, what what does that mean? Well, it's to do with the color grading and how many pixels they can cram into it. So it goes from thousands to to millions to to billions. So um, <laughs> that they've got that plus uh, their new hyper smooth technology, which has been upgraded. So a few years ago, I bought myself a GoPro gimbal. I thought this is a game changer. How great's this? Yeah, yeah. Control it out now. Control it yeah. out. Because yeah, it doesn't they're, matter. They're all built in. Yeah, you can run with these things now, uh, and it looks exactly the same. I Plus, I shake a lot, like a lot, and these things make me look good. Exactly. <laughs> so, so you can genuinely run with it, which is quite an extraordinary in itself, and it looks like the most most smooth shot. Uh, so when you add 10-bit colour, which makes everything so much crisper again, it's pretty much the highest resolution that our eye, well, it is the highest resolution that our eyes can capture. So what you're seeing out of your own eyes, that's as high as um, these GoPro Res- 11s now capture. Yep, so it's I'll, quite extraordinary. Bit, I was a bit confused why they actually didn't ask me to like, test these items but the fact that you they got someone to go running with them and use the gimbal probably makes sense because if i run i'd probably die so (laughs) i'm glad they skipped me on that one so you can uh pick them up uh globally today they're about 650 bucks and there's actually there's a um there's a creator edition at the moment which has a little light on the top it's got a a uh, little audio out, a uh, little microphone. It looks very professional, a little handhold um, gizmo with a button. They're about a thousand bucks. I've been sort of eyeing those off. Good for live blogging, Redmond, which I know you're a 
huge fan of. Heaps <laughs> of it. Yeah. For, for more information, make up, head, make up, make up tutorials. <laughs> make up tutorials. Head to the uh, the GoPro Australia website, uh, and that is Red's review. You're listening to Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood. Welcome back to Real Adventures. It's time for Red's tip. Uh, what do you have for us, Redmond? Mate, I've spoken about him before. I was going to say, if you're in a conversation today with someone and someone comes over, don't wait for Aaron for, to finish. Just barge in and then ask him what you need to know and then you can be on your way. It's more efficient for yourself that way. So, <laughs> Just push everyone out of the way. Push everyone out of the way. 100%. Speaking of pushing out everyone out of the way, you'll be pushing people out of the way at the boat ramp because Red's tip this week is easy tow trailers. I love our trailers. They're, I think they're the best in the business. They're unbelievable. One thing they come with is a boat buckle, retractable seat belt. Now, what I mean by that is they go on the back of your easy toe, so just above where your lights are at the back, they're a buckle, and they are retractable, sort of just like any tie-down that you get for a trailer or whatnot, and you literally hook it onto your boat, onto the clips and the eyes of your back of your boat, where you would normally tie your boat down, with one button to release it, and two buttons to pull it tight, or one button to pull it tight, but you press it twice, and it clicks in absolutely It's so easy. Massive game changer. Every person, and the reason I brought it up is because I had a mate to fish me during the week. He goes, what the hell are those? And I said, watch this. Bang, bang. He just goes, that's the best thing I've ever seen. And that will push you in lines, at in queues at the boat ramp. It'll get you going quicker than the, everyone trying to sit down there and half-hitch things and pull things tight and ratchet-strap things down. It's going to get you going a hell of a lot quicker. Great it's, item. It's, easy to do it. It's like when you you know you sit around with a few mates and having a beer and everyone's talking about um, or a cider if I'm there, um, you know we need to invent something to make millions of dollars out of. But everything's been invented, and then something like this clip comes up and it's like, how did we not think of that? It's such an easy thing that aids your everyday boating and fishing. Yeah, I was going to do it. <laughs> Flying gaff's a simple one. For those of you that have neglected your teeth for the last few years slash decades, I mm. can. I can only highly recommend that you actually get off your ass and go to the dentist because I did for the first time during the week and you have a uh, – not for the first time, but a you know, first time in a while, Remnant, and you have a little clickboard. When was the last time you went to the dentist? And I lied on my clickboard because I was too ashamed <laughs> to tell – I was too, too ashamed to tell the truth. And I said, oh, 2019. I think it was 2017, <laughs> December 2017, so basically did 2018. You, did you blame COVID? Oh, COVID. I had an appointment, but I didn't get booked in. Yeah. <laughs> and my what... dentist actually said to me, COVID was 2020, wasn't it? And I was like, yeah, mate, I've just been terrible. I won't lie to you. But just, you know, whatever you're going to report, please don't judge me because I, I just, like, I care, but I don't care. Can you fix what's going on in the um, in the mouth at the moment, it's, please? I, when I got my transplant review the other week, on the list, I have, you have to get your dentals one of the things. And I, I've had... Now, stop pumping my tires up, but I've had 35 exactly operations in the past 12 months, just over. I was more scared of going to the dentist than any <laughs> other procedure that I got in that last 12 months. I was cacking my dacks. I was sitting there going, and the worst, the, well, the best part about it was over quick, but I literally got a mouth scan one day, didn't even know I got it, and then went back. And then the net, that afternoon, I come in and they go, Oh, we're taking you to dentist. I'm like, Oh, they're going to check what they've seen. And went in, bang, and they ripped a tooth out and it was done. I was sore for three weeks afterwards. So if you've got to get a tooth pulled, I hope it hurts because it hurt me for three months. <laughs> Don't, I just feel like you go in there and 
it's like they're judging you straight away. And oh, they yeah. mightn't be. Yeah. I'm sure they no, see they, terrible no, teeth all the time. They're judging you. That's what I feel. I'm like, oh, just just please don't judge me. Yes, Do you know why I, I reckon know. they judge you? Is because they're all their teeth are so perfect, and they're like, "How could you? How could you let them get like that? Like, it's how could you do that?" And I'm just—they're definitely judging. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, book yourself in for a dentist appointment. Uh, this has been Real Adventures. We are at the boat show uh, right through uh, the weekend, so come down and say good day. We'll be at nor- the North Boat uh, North Bank Boat Stand. I've, I've lost me track of thought here, uh, but we'll see you on the water soon. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91